my motivation was really, I want to change something about this industry that I care a lot about and that I'm already deep into. And it just got to the point where I couldn't teach and do that at the same time. So we had to make the jump. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Awesomeings Podcast, where we highlight people pursuing their definition of, you guessed it, awesome. So buckle up and get ready for some more success story adventures and failures from Kentucky's tech and entrepreneur community. Hey, y'all. Thanks so much for tuning back to this episode of the Awesome Podcast. Today, I have the droopy mic stand, and uh, hopefully you'll hear me cranking the knob to tighten it throughout the episode. But I'm with two of my favorites. Yes, I said it's superlative. My favorites. One, Ben Roberson, who is my mustache inspiration. Thanks, brother. And yeah. Stuart Jordan, whose brother one time ratted me out at a house party <laughs> when I was uh, in early college. Um, so that's all, that's my great that's introduction. My and uh, again, we also have a mutual friend whose name is Hams. Uh, he is part pig, part man. And uh, <laughs> gosh, we love him. <laughs> I'm going to keep that in. But all jokes aside, I'm with two wonderful entrepreneurs that are from the Louisville area. They have pitched at Five Across in, uh, in June 2023. They've been around the Awesome Inc. team and come to some of our events for a while now. And so it's been cool just to build those relationships. And today we're going to be talking about their wonderful company, a Guidebook, and what it is. They're a part of the fellowship program as of fall 2023, which we're really ecstatic about. And so it's going to be good uh, to check things up, hear from hear from two people, two guests at once. Uh, so I'm excited about that. And uh, we're going to kick today open with a different different approach. So, Stuart, I'm looking at you first, brother. All right. Give me a number one through, we'll just say one through 63. Uh, 57. 57. Let's make sure this is clean. Okay. Ooh. Is there a phrase you say often? It could be your own catchphrase. Yes, my wife hates it. I say 10-4 all the time. Like, I heard you at 10-4, we're good to go. 10-4. Okay. That's how we, we got to make sure we end this episode. Okay, we'll make that a mental note. <laughs> all right, Ben, what about you, brother? I actually can't get my head off of, Stuart always says chow at the end of video meetings. <laughs> chow. Chow, chow, chow. Okay. All right, Ben, uh, throw another number out there. 48. 48. Okay. Uh, what's something you believe in that not everyone else does? So essentially, Ooh. what's a hot take from Ben? That's a tough one. It is. On the spot, even. Uh, well, my daughter Maggie believes that unicorns were real at one point, and I can't say that I completely disagree. Okay, great. Well, what's funny is, as a startup, we're talking about unicorns, so hopefully... Guidebook becomes one of the next unicorns out of Kentucky. There that was you a go. segue for you. I know. <laughs> talk, I'm a professional at it. Okay. So again, we're talking about Guidebook. Maybe not everyone who listens, uh, who is listening to this podcast is familiar with your company. Maybe they've never had the privilege to meet you guys because you're all, you're all a fun time. And a side note, after these two pitched back in June of uh, 2023, so wrapping up this year, I said bye to you guys. And then we ended up talking for like 30 to 45 minutes. And after we finished that conversation, we said, you know what? We're going to be really good friends. So <laughs> I, still, right. I still remember that. So I'm glad we're, we're now doing this podcast. But uh, Ben, I'm looking at you. Why don't you kick things off and introduce you, who you are, a little bit of your background, and then uh, pass it over to Stuart. And then once once you give a little, some of your vitals, we'll talk about Guidebook and we'll get going from there. Awesome. Great. Hey, I'm Ben Robertson, uh, obviously one of the co-founders at Guidebook. My role there is CGO, Chief Growth Officer. So I'm really, uh, um, really focused on the growth of the company. Uh, recruiting guides is really my main role most of the time. Spent most of my career in education. I was a public school teacher, public high school English teacher uh, for nine years and also a school counselor after that. I've got three kids, Grady, Maggie, and Rowan, and I'm married to a wonderful lady named Molly. Um, grew up in Kentucky, 
and have been outdoorsy into the outdoors my whole life. Um, started fly fishing in college and, and the rest is history. I'm sure we'll get into it soon. Stuart. Yeah, I'm Stuart Jordan and I'm the CEO at Guidebook. And uh, I spent my career when I graduated college in the oil and gas industry. Um, born and raised in Louisville, I lived in Texas for that job for a little while. Uh, came back and um, was excited to get in this business with Ben. And my one of my first outdoor experiences that uh, really sticks in my mind, I just told it the other night, was when I was probably 11. My dad finally took me on a hunting trip, deer hunting. And we had a property that we leased out in Crittenden County with hunting rights out there. And first time ever doing this, got out in the woods. It was dark in that morning. And there was a meteor shower going on that literally lit the woods up in the field we were sitting in like it was daylight outside for about an hour. And uh, I think at that point, that's when I realized that I love the outdoors. And I, I'm, I'm glad I have a career in the outdoors now where I can um, go try to have more adventures like that and relive that experience. That's super. That's wow. I'm, I'm kind of speechless. I'm trying to replay that in my mind and I have no context, but an hour long meteor shower, that's intense. Yeah, it was cool. I bet. Ben, you said you're the CGO. Uh, I'm going to make an executive decision at Guidebook for your company that you become the chief guide officer. So get rid of growth. You're the chief guide <laughs> officer at this point. Okay. We, we've talked about it. Okay. Yeah. Well, I like it. It works. So Stuart, uh, again, we'll flip back over to you. So you guys are talking about your background. How the heck, um, and maybe this can be the, the lead up before we actually get to your company, but you went from being in the oil and gas background, killing it, taking names, all the fun stuff down in Texas, which, wow, you know, there's only two things in Texas. Steers and oil. Okay. So <laughs> how did you transition from that industry to coming back to Kentucky to then becoming an entrepreneur, starting your own business? Yeah. So um, I don't know how much of this you'll include in your show, but uh, we were down there for three years. Yeah. Uh, my, my, my grandfather started a company in the oil and gas business here in Louisville. My dad and his two brothers took it over. I graduated from college and I was excited to go work there and, and maybe get to run it myself someday. And right when I started, they sold it to a company in Texas instead. Oh, gosh. <laughs> so uh, after a couple of years, they moved our office from Louisville, most of the employees that wanted to move down to Texas. Uh, so I followed the company down to Austin uh, with my wife and we moved to a cool city, up and coming city at the time uh, with no kids, just having fun. We had our first kid down there. And at some point my wife said, hey, I'm moving back to Louisville. We, we had our first kid. She said, hey, I'm moving back to Louisville, and I really hope you come with me because uh, I want to be close to family with kids. So, sure. so I went and talked to my boss, and he said, yeah, uh, you can appreciate the conversation. You move back to Louisville. We'll let you keep your job. We'll actually give you a promotion, which was cool. Nice. So they let me do that. But, you know, I grew up in this family where my grandfather started a business with $5,000. He bought a pickup truck and started a business. And then my dad and his Two brothers grew it into an international company uh, that was, I don't know, they probably had 300, 350 employees at one point. And uh, I just got to see that and see the ups and downs that went along with running your own business and the joy that it brought them. And I always knew that I wanted to do something like that myself and not always be working for someone else the entire time. So um, that's what uh, kind of led me to the point where I was willing to leave that job and yeah. do something on my own. That's cool. I, I like hearing the, uh, the, the kind ultimatum that you received. About <laughs> I have a, I have a friend who that was one of his, to me, some of his best marriage advice. I say that as, as a single guy, uh, he's like, man, I told my wife I'm moving for a job and she has to come with me. And gosh, I wish I could take that moment back and have that conversation differently. So, uh, nice to hear that you had a, a similar experience. Okay. Same thing for you. You go from being a high school English teacher, giving out referrals or whatever, you know, 
detentions, I don't know, demerits, whatever it is in high school these days, to how do we how do we how do we end up in this room? You're now an entrepreneur, you go from this background to something that is probably completely different than what you thought you'd be doing. When you put it that way, it does sound kind of wild, but I'm going to talk a little bit about my marriage too, which is kind of interesting that we both have done that, but started fly fishing in college. I was looking for a way to um, get to get outside more, to do something with my wife that, and, and have it be something we could do inexpensively. And as any fly fisherman knows, we only got two out of the three. It's certainly not inexpensive, right? But we, (laughs) we ended up Um, I mean, basically every trip we took every weekend we had of our early marriage was centered around fly fishing and we traveled all over the place in this region and then eventually saved up money to go out west and all over Canada, New Zealand, eventually in Mexico and just met tons of guides along the way, became friends with people that are now, you know, really good guides who've been doing it for a long time and and guiding 200 plus days a year. and, And some of them are running other companies in the industry at this point. Um, and so it was exciting. It was almost like I was networking without really meaning to, um, and getting to do it with my wife who was becoming my fishing buddy, as well as my, you know, my wife, my best friend and mom of my kids, et cetera. And so just kind of developed a career in fly fishing at the same time as I was doing education. I just didn't realize it. Mm-hmm. I was networking. I was building relationships, having experiences that eventually led me here because they led me to become a fly fishing guide on the Cumberland River, um, which I've done for five or six years now. And, um, and that experience really drove home some of the things that eventually inspired Guidebook because I saw firsthand the pain points that I'd already heard about from my now network sure. of guide friends, right? Like I was seeing how difficult it is to guide for eight or 10 hours and then have to get ready for tomorrow and, and still manage to answer all the messages and emails and Instagram DMs and try to get paid over Venmo. And just doing all of that in one day is a really big challenge. And I was struggling with it personally, and I'd already heard about it being hard for my friends. And so eventually you know, Stuart had that moment he mentioned where he wanted to run things and and build a business for himself and get out there and, and start. And my motivation was really, you know, that's appealing for me, too. But my motivation was really I want to change something about this industry that I care a lot about and that I'm already deep into. And it just got to the point where I couldn't teach and do that at the same time. So we had to make the jump. Man, thanks for giving me the insight to, to both y'all's background, because I think what's what's cool hearing about this company specifically, it's, it's not necessarily, oh, hey, I was using this piece of tech and, or I was in this job and I had this crazy idea. It's more, here's what I'm giving my time to outside of work, or here's what I like doing with my family, my friend, my friends, you know, for you, the uh, hour long meteor shower, that's going to be a, a story you cherish for the rest of your life and probably tell your kids as they grow up and hopefully your grandkids and maybe you get experience that uh, being a guide. Um, man, that's really cool. I was like hearing, hearing the whys of things. Okay. So now we're, the, the, we're here, the, the big shebang, we're about to reveal it. Guidebook. Tell us about the company, uh, Stuart. Let's go back to you. Uh, ben always does the introduction, and he does it so well. Okay, so. I'm just kidding. Ben, hit us with it, brother. Yeah, in some ways, guidebook started on my boat. I had a guy named Eric, was a client of mine a few years ago, and we had a great day. He caught a lot of fish. His wife caught a lot of fish. They were really excited, and he said, where can I leave your review? And I didn't have anywhere for him to do that. And obviously, there are places you can do it, Yelp, Google, your own website, whatever. Um, but it kind of got the wheels turning. Like there are a lot of aspects of being a fishing guide that 
that shouldn't be this hard. If there was a piece of tech that you could use from your phone and handle all of this in one place, one app, it would be so convenient and it would really change the dynamic that I'm experiencing after work every day when I'm guiding. Um, and I was already feeling this pull to do something different with my career and to do something in this industry that I care a lot about and, and am really invested in. And I wasn't sure what quite what that was. And so Stuart at the time was kind of my most business minded friend. I really didn't know anybody else to ask um, questions about how to start a business. And I had also heard rumblings that maybe since moving back from Texas, he was kind of feeling a pull towards something different as well. I was hoping that was true. And so we sat down at a place in Louisville and, and just talked this over until almost the wee hours of the morning, to be honest. Cool. And we just got more and more excited the longer we talked. And, and that kind of lasted for about eight months. <laughs> so, uh, and then I'll let him take over from there. He does a good job on this part. Yeah. I, <clears throat> so what we did, my experience running the part of the business in the oil and gas industry that I ran was know what your plan is and be able to explain it well to people, have it written down, have a good vision. So that's what me and Ben did first. And I'd recommend any young entrepreneur, any entrepreneur that wants to start a business to write out a business plan and understand what you want to build and how you want to get there. And then financially, how you are going to get there. Uh, so that's what we spent probably the first couple months on was just sitting down late nights after kids went to bed at a bar or at my house or his house and just like saying, okay, well, how are we going to do this piece? And then writing down all of our thoughts, then making sure it worked and we figured it out. Uh, and then, you know, at one point I was against building an app, but Ben was very much for it. Uh, and he kind of sold me on it, made sense. So we said, let's go figure out how we turn this into an app. Um, how much is that going to cost us? So we started getting quotes on it and we talked to two groups in Louisville, I think. And the first one quoted us $850,000. So we're like, Hey, we got, we're like two guys with an idea. We don't have $850,000. So thanks for the quote, but we'll see you later. The second group we talked to laughed us out the door and said, you guys are crazy. That's not going to work. And we're not going to build that for you. So, so we were kind of sitting around thinking, well, what do we do now? How do we get this done? And we had a, a friend uh, that actually connected us at the very beginning. His name is Ben Terry. He's the man. Uh, he's like, you know, I know this guy out in the West Coast. He works for a venture firm, venture studio and venture firm, and he loves fly fishing. So you guys should talk to him. Uh, his name is Perry. Uh, we pitched this to Perry back in February, November. November of 2021. Years ago, yeah. yeah, November of 21. And Perry loved the idea. He thought it was awesome. Uh, he went and talked it over with his partners. He came back and said, hey, I would love to come be a co-founder with you guys wow, and cool. build this out for you. Uh, and uh, so he's our third co-founder. He's out of Washington State. So that's why he's not here with us today. But uh, yeah, so we started building this product back in yeah February of 22. Uh, we built it in a low-code, no-code platform so we could keep uh, – Cost down. at zero, yep. literally. We, we bootstrapped the whole thing. Uh, and then we uh, formed a company in around the same time, I think. And um, yeah, it's just been, you know, the, the cool part is, is it's been asking for help a lot. And just a lot of people have told us yes and given us their time, their resources, or sometimes their money. And uh, just helped us get to where we're at today. So that's been awesome. One thing I like that you just said, Stu, Stuart, why do I call you Stu? Stuart, there we go. Stuart Little. Oh, gosh. I, sh I shouldn't have done that. Sorry. Okay. Stuart, so you're mentioning your your buddy. Uh, who's the man, Terry? Was that his name? Pa uh, ben Terry. Ben yeah. Terry. Uh -huh. Okay. Ben Terry in Louisville connected you with Perry on the West Coast. Yeah. Okay. The, the rhyming. We got it down. And what, what I find funny, you know, entrepreneurs are 
always told this when you're starting a business, you know, everyone's going to cheer for you when you get that promotion. Everyone's going to cheer for you when you change jobs. But when you start something, everyone now wants to cast stones and, you know, tear you down. And for those two groups that are really expensive ticket for uh, an app, then this group laughed you at the door. But then you talk to the right person who actually fly fishes, actually has that experience. And they probably think, oh, this makes so much sense. Yeah. So often we don't actually find the people that are the ideal right customer. So that was a great point. You probably didn't mean to share, but I don't always hear that enough in these podcasts. So I uh, appreciate you highlighting well, that. You know, one of the cool things is, yeah, Perry told us, he was like, man, I had the same idea two years ago. It's a great idea. And as we've talked to guides, as Ben's been talking to guides, you'd be surprised at how many guides have told us the same thing. Like, man, the industry needs this. Mm -hmm. I thought of this myself. I'm so glad somebody's doing that. So, uh, or doing what we're doing. So that's been really cool to see as well. Well, sweet. Well, yeah. let's, uh, let's dive into... The company. So what is Guidebook? Yes, we know it's we now know it's an app, but what does it do specifically if you were telling me in 30 seconds on an elevator right up to Perry's office? Yeah, so Guidebook is uh it's a today we're a booking platform. Okay. Um we set out with a mission to provide to really take care of fishing guides. Okay. Um and provide them all those with the tools that they need. Ben mentioned those earlier to manage the back end of their business. Guides are out in the woods all day long. They're with clients all day long. They don't have time to be running the, their business. They're not secretaries or project managers. So we give them the tools that they need to take bookings on the spot, mm -hmm. to manage their schedules, to manage their customer communications and all their contacts, uh, payment reviews, even like a little miniature website, all in one convenient spot for them to manage all the backend aspects of their guiding business. Sweet. What, so this might sound silly, but I want to clarify. So we, uh, you guys were at Felsha Demo Day. Allie Trutman with Wicked Technologies was talking about her product and she said the word incontinence. And I was like, wait, I think I know what that is, but I'm not entirely sure. And then I, I realized I knew, I knew many synonyms. It's pretty obvious what you think a guide is, but can you clearly identify, hey, uh, an outdoor travel guide or a nature guide or a fishing guide is this? Can you, can you take that, Ben? Yeah. So um, there, are, there are folks who guide in many different industries within the outdoor industry, hunting, fishing, rock climbing, even things like surfing could have a guide. Um, and it, it usually is someone who has reached a level of expertise in their sport or their um, corner of a certain industry that they're able to then take people out, show them how to do what they're interested in doing, give them the equipment to do that for the day, keep them safe, and hopefully give them some, some knowledge to take into their future as an angler or a surfer or a hunter that will make them better for next time. Cool. And they get paid to do that. Great. And yeah. some awesome memories to go home with at the end of the day. There too. we go. And, you know, one thing that struck me is, uh, I think you said this initially when you were talking about your background, is we know that probably from, from stereotypes that, you know, blue collar work, I would imagine being a guide is more blue collar esque work. That's physically demanding. White collar work's going to be more time consuming, more mentally, emotionally, probably demanding, exhausting, whatever word you want to use. But this seems like the sweet spot of I'm out. I think you said eight to 10 hours a day. I'm with groups of people. I'm, I'm in the sun. You know, I'm, I'm doing all this stuff that's physically taxing. Then I have to come home and then put on my, you know, white collar-esque business hat. Of, I'm trying to run operations and things. And that is probably a very hard mix to do well. So it sounds like what you guys have come up with and what you're building out is a great solution for people who need it. <laughs> well, what's crazy is a good guide it wears so many different hats in yep. a day that any, any bit of support you can give them is, is necessary and welcome, I would say. I mean, sometimes they're coaches, sometimes they're marriage counselors, sometimes they're casting coaches and instructors, sometimes they're wildlife biologists. So, you know, these folks are impressive, most of them. Um, 
And and we, since day one, have said that our goal is to make guides' lives better. Mm -hmm. um, and that's why, because we really respect them and look up to them. And, and many of my best days ever have been with guides. Yeah, I think that's something that's worth harping on a little bit more is when we started this company and when we first put together that early business plan, yep. we said, what's our mission? Our mission is to help guides. We don't want to be taking advantage of guides. They're doing hard work. We don't want to just be taking tons of money off the top uh, of, of the trips that they're they're doing. We want to provide a resource and a tool that actually helps these guys and that's beneficial and helps them run better businesses. So, so as a company, that is our main focus is guides are our customers. We want to uh, serve them. This is great. I like hearing about this. This is, this is, yeah, this is just really good. I like this. This is fun. Okay. So, um, Stuart, let's go back to you on the, uh, the fun panorama of bouncing back and forth, uh, of questions. So you guys, you're now finding the right fit for guidebook. You're finding, you're building out the technology. You got the right partners, it sounds like. As of, I guess, two weeks ago, is that right? Yeah, we, we had our fellowship demo day, or maybe, maybe a month, I don't know, time flies. Um, but we had a fellowship demo day. You guys are now part of the Austin Fellowship Program, which is really exciting. Then you guys are, again, standing out from a lot of companies that applied, and uh, we're excited for the traction you have. What are you hoping to get out of an accelerator for guidebook? Yeah, um, you know, I was just talking to Ben on the way here, and uh, I think this is relevant. We um, watching stuff like Shark Tank or hearing from other entrepreneurs or whatever, you always hear that, man, starting my business was like 90% luck, and then maybe the other 10% was luck too. And I, <laughs> and I always thought like, oh, man, that's so much BS. Uh it's like these guys know what they're doing. It's hard work. They're putting in a lot of hard work every day. And yeah, I think that the hard work side is true. We, me and Ben go to work every day and put in a ton of hard work, but without people that were willing to help us and be mentors to us, or just say like, Hey, this is silly guys. Y'all need to be thinking about X, Y, Z. Uh, we would have failed a year and a half ago. We wouldn't have ever made it off the ground. Um, so being in the community with people uh, that want to help you, and that can point you to other people that want to help you. Uh, I think that's invaluable for anybody trying to go and start their own business, no matter how smart you are or how hard you think you can work. Those connections that you can form uh, with just genuine people that want to see you succeed is invaluable. And that's what I'm really excited to, we're really excited to be in, in the fellowship with you guys. And uh, um, yeah, that's what we're looking forward to out of this. I think it's also relevant to say that, you know, in many aspects, probably of both of our lives, community has become such an important um, core thing that is like just necessary to survive. And that's true for startups as well. Um, you know, Stuart's talking about folks that have been willing to mentor us and offer advice and even sometimes support financially or whatever else. And that totally is, is huge and important. But just the community of being in a room with people who are going through the same things um, can be so uplifting and encouraging. And, and we need that. Uh, doing a startup is a roller coaster. Sometimes it's incredible and exciting and the best thing you've ever heard of. But sometimes it can be tough. So having Ali and, and people like that to be a listening ear or to offer you advice when you maybe made a blunder is, is invaluable. I don't need to add much more. You guys are, <laughs> you guys are just so good at conveying this, this stuff. One thing I'd like to hear is what maybe you learned from when you applied to five across to you pitch at five across, you got feedback to you applied to the fellowship. So I guess that, that was probably a six month time frame, maybe or uh, maybe a little less. Are there any things in particular from, from our team or maybe some of our network that y'all 
learn through that process? You want to go first, Ben? Yeah, I think I do. It's, it's hard to wrap my head completely around what we've learned because it feels like that, that time frame was so integral to us becoming who we've become in a way. Um, that was our first big pitch, really. Um, it was probably the first time either one of us have spoken about the business to more than a few people at one time. And it was like a couple hundred. It felt like, yeah. you know, the bright lights and also in some ways, I think we learned by by Awesome Inc. allowing us to be a part of that process, by accepting us into the into the community and then giving us a platform to pitch our idea and talk about it. I think what I learned and Stuart might agree is just to be proud of what we're doing and to stand up and say it proudly. You know what I mean? Like, I think so, so often in my life, I've I've almost taken this too humble of a stance about about stuff that I'm creating or stuff that I'm trying to do. And and Five Across really empowers entrepreneurs who sometimes only have an idea and sometimes only have a beta version of their app or whatever else to stand up and talk about it as if it's a legitimate business because it actually is a legitimate business, right? Um, it's hard to, as a, as a startup founder, to necessarily see yourself from the outside and see that you've already created something that's valuable. And I think Awesome Inc. through this process has really given me a foundation to believe that, which has impacted our business on multiple levels. Mm -hmm. We've grown a ton since that first application to Five Across. And I think Five Across and this whole process was part of that growth. Sweet. Anything to add? <laughs> Can you repeat that question one more time? Yes. Uh, I think, I think in short, I can, I can shorten it. You guys applied to five across probably sometime spring 2023 to pitched in June. And then you applied to the fellowship. We onboarded you in October, 2023. So somewhere in that six month time frame, or roughly six months, what's uh, something you realize you've learned as an entrepreneur or the way, maybe the way that you grew as a business. Getting out there, putting yourself out there. And that might be kind of what Ben just said, but putting yourself out there, letting people know who you are. Um, I'm one of those people personally that doesn't like the to be in the limelight or have a lot of attention. I like to kind of do what I'm supposed to be doing every day. And the last six months, going to different events, networking, whether that's Five Across or different startup events in Louisville. Uh, Stephen Plappert puts on an awesome thing called the uh, Founders Beers in Louisville. And Heck Larry yeah. Horn puts on some events. They're all great. So getting plugged into that community uh, has opened a ton of doors for us. Um, and, uh, I, I, get outside your comfort zone. You have to get outside your comfort zone is the biggest thing I'd say. That's cool. Well, Larry and Stephen Plappert, Plapp Daddy, thanks for, uh, doing awesome work in Louisville, loving on some of our founders. Two questions off the cuff that came to me when you guys were talking. Uh, the first one you mentioned, you just mentioned networking. What's helpful as an entrepreneur in terms of networking? I think a lot of people are like, they know this word networking, but it's not effective. I, you know, I'd say showing up. If you don't show up, you're not going to network. So even if you're the most socially awkward person out there, go show up to one of these events, say hi to somebody, and everyone is there to talk about what they're doing and their startups and how they can help other startups. So uh, just show up. That's the biggest thing you can do. Ben, anything different? I think in terms of networking, I don't want to sound like manipulative, I guess, but I think creating a goal list before you go to these events can be really helpful because everyone there is also in a room full of people that they're talking to. Right. And so they're maybe not expecting to run into you or like focused on you at all. So maybe make a goal list of people you'd like to talk to and be really intentional about approaching them with confidence. 
um, being really open about who you are and, and why you want to talk to them and what, what it is about them that's interesting to you. And I think building a network is great, but building a really intentional network can really change the game for a business. Yeah. I, I'd also add that you have to be willing to help too. Yeah. If you're just showing up looking to um, serve yourself, it's probably not going to go too well for you. But if you keep an open mind, I mean, startup founders are busy. We are always focused on our product or whatever we're trying to build. And it's hard to remember that you have to take time to help other people too. So be willing to help. Look for opportunities to help. I think that those are all um, – that's – everyone in this community is in it together, and we should all be looking for ways to help one another. That's good stuff. Well, we had the Kentucky Entrepreneur Hall of Fame ceremony a couple of weeks ago. And a very common theme, which you don't always hear – and so it, for me, it was nice to hear that. You guys have also mentioned you're both fathers and your husbands to wonderful, wonderful wives. That must be hard to be taking care of a family, taking care of your spouse, taking care of each other. Can you talk a little bit about everyone, everyone uses the word balance and they have their different, you know, thought about the word, but what does it look like to have these vital relationships in your life, but also build a business? Ben's, Ben's shaking his head over here. <laughs> I mean, I mentioned a roller coaster earlier. I think a lot of times as a leader, you know, we're leaders of this company, company both co-founders. We're leaders of our families in, in one way or another. We're, de- we're certainly leading our kids in various ways, as are our wives, right? But as leaders, sometimes you just have to step up and almost take one on the chin. And I think that's what it feels like sometimes, probably not completely accurate, I think probably our wives take one on the chin more than we do, right? It's a huge sacrifice to be married to someone that founds a company because it's scary. Um, but I think the best thing you can do at the end of the day is is work really hard, do your best when you wake up in the morning. And I think the thing that's helped me is to look, take a really logical, reasonable, clear look at how things are going. And if if there's no reason to freak out, I don't, <laughs> you know, just take the next step try to do the next right thing and hopefully things will work out so far they have good yeah i mean ben nailed it there my wife is a saint i left a job where <clears throat> i was definitely the breadwinner of our household and uh now we're not making any money really at this point uh and she's been so supportive the whole time um and sometimes and i have i've been like i'm sorry that put us in this position uh Thank you for being so. And she says, hey, I, you know, I think it's all going to work out. I believe in what you're doing. You obviously believe in what you're doing. And um, uh, I'm excited about it. She's excited about it. That balance is really hard. And I think that you're looking for ways to make it work all the time. And you do have to be intentional about it. And sometimes you have to remind yourself, like constantly, that you need to be intentional about it and, and find ways to make it work. But um, uh, I think that my family all kind of sees the big vision and, and where we're trying to go and, and is hoping and praying and, and working for us to get there. So we're excited about it. Nice. Well, I, f- I forget the, uh, the infamous Ricky Bobby quote when he has his, you know, prayer to baby Jesus and golden diapers, you know, my smoking hot wife. Woo. Uh, so to all the startup spouses, thanks for being real winners and, and cheering your, your husbands or your wives along. Well, guys, last uh, couple things before we wrap up, we mentioned the fellowship a few moments ago. We're going to come back here. What are you hoping to accomplish in the next 12 calendar months? Man, I think we're looking forward to, a really cool year. I really do. Um, I think we're going to, we're going to figure out how to make some revenue, which is exciting. We'll monetize our product and make some revenue. I think we're going to make guides lives better and we're going to see even more growth in that department. We've grown, I think 
like 120% since the end of August in terms of guides signing up. And I think that's going to continue on, on sort of a, what do they call like a hockey stick curve, you know, as guides see more and more uh, what we're trying to do, we're going to get a new version of our platform out, which is extremely exciting and really robust code that will stand the test of time. Thank you, Perry and Joe and JJ. Um, I'm sure we've got other things. What else, Stuart? Yeah, now, to be clear, we did write a business plan that explained how we were going to make revenue. Sure. So when Ben says figure out how to make revenue, yeah, we know I, I what know we're what doing. <laughs> yeah, we, we've demonet- we, we haven't monetized our product yet, but we plan on doing that in March, which we're excited about. Cool. Uh, we are raising capital right now. That's an ongoing thing that we've been doing for, I don't know, the last eight months or so. And uh, we are about to launch a WeFunder campaign. Uh, you can go check it out at uh, um, wefunder.com slash guidebook and um, take part in, in what we're doing here. Uh, but really, we look forward to growing our business and scaling intelligently and working with the guys at Awesome Inc. and other startup founders that are plugged in here and elsewhere uh, um, to help us um, make smart moves and stay accountable to our customers and what we're doing. That's great. Well, last question before we wrap up. Where can the good people of Kentucky, the good guides of Kentucky and and past our state go to become either a customer of Guidebook, a potential guide, or learn more about your company in general? There are several places. You can go to guidebookco.com is the main place um, to sign up as a guide or to book a trip as a client. You can go to guidebook.co on Instagram We'd love for you to follow us, and and we've got some cool, you know, content and announcements and that kind of thing there as well. And potential guidebook swag from from what I'm seeing you wear. Yeah, that nice sweatshirt. We'll bring you a hat next time, dude. Please, I'm a hat guy. That'd be great. Well, again, guys, thanks for your time. This was this was a special podcast uh, for me. I love getting the quality time. And for those of you listening, check out Guidebook. Go be a customer, and make sure you head over to at Awesome Lex on all of our socials to learn more about wonderful founders like Ben and Stuart, who are making Kentucky a better place to live and work. So with that, there's only one thing left to say, Stuart. Tim Four, over now, good buddy. Well, that's it, guys. Thank you so much for checking out this episode of Awesomings Podcast. And another quick thank you to Lee Rosevere and a few members from our community who provide the music that you hear in this show. Lastly, give us a follow on Instagram, Facebook, all that jazz. Or even better, come on down to our space. Come be a part of our community and get plugged in and let's start something awesome together. You guys rock, and we'll see you next time.